something to this church. It's a tremendous miracle. And on June 7th, you affirmed that. You voted me in, Tara and I, as your lead pastors. And we are gladly serving you, and we've enjoyed every minute of it. Well, this morning we have a district official, Pastor Gary Blanchard. He is coming in just a moment. He is going to officially make that transition known. He is my leader, and I give him all my respect and honor, so I'm grateful that he's here today. But he's here to officially let me to be your pastor. So now after today, you're going to have to listen to me. <laughs> pastor Gary, come on up and share with us. Thank you. Good morning, church. I am so excited because you folks know how to have church without coffee and donuts beforehand. What a, what a delight to be able to just walk into the room and begin to praise the Lord together and worship the Lord together. And uh, I am so thankful for all those of you who are here and thankful for those of you who are joining us online. It's going to be a great day as we begin a new chapter in the life of Calvary Church Lamont. Today is a new beginning as we, the Illinois District, will recognize your pastor as the official pastor of this church. And so this morning I come with a message for you, a message for the church, a message that I have called three important lessons for a church who is receiving a new pastor. I, I want to set the foundation right this morning, and I believe I have a word from God to help you this morning. So if you would take your copy of God's Word, whether it's a printed copy or whether you have it on your phone or an iPad or wherever you might have it, and open it up to the book of Exodus this morning. You're saying, wow, he's going to the Old Testament. Yes, I am, because I believe there's an important lesson. So just hang in there, because if, as I begin to read this, you're going to wonder, where in the world is he going with this? Hang in there, and you will find out. Exodus chapter number 17. And uh, before I begin reading, let me just set the stage. Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Already they have seen God's hand of provision. Already they have experienced some miracles. They have walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. God has already turned bitter waters for them into waters that they could consume. Already God is providing for them on a daily basis with manna and quail. God is already proving himself to be faithful. God is already proving himself as their provision. How many of you recognize that through this process, God proved himself to this church as faithful? Come on, can I get an amen? And God has already proven himself to be a provider for this church. What he did for the children of Israel back then, he is still doing right here today. And now we get to Exodus chapter 17. They are out of water, and there is this scene where Moses goes before God, and God says to Moses, Moses, take your rod, strike the rock, and water will come out of it. And that happens. But while that is happening... There is a group known as the Amalekites. 
and they are watching what has happened. They are watching the transition of Israel through their territory. And some of them are upset, and they attack the Israelites from the rear. So all of the Israelites are focused on the water and getting refreshed with the water, but there's this contingency that hasn't arrived yet, this contingency that is still coming. And as they come, they are attacked by Amalek. That sort of ticks Moses off. That sort of does that, Pastor, when somebody attacks your sheep, you, you get a little ticked off. And so Moses turns to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, I want you to gather some men, and I want you to go fight those Amalekites. This is the first time that we read about Joshua in Scripture, first time we hear his name called. And so already we know a couple of things about him. He's He's a man who's close to Moses, obviously. He's also a fighter because God has said, get your army ready. And so I'm going to pick it up now in verse number 8 of Exodus 17. And if you have your Bibles, I'm reading from the New International Version, and this is what I read. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Father, I pray that in these next moments, the Holy Spirit would impart the truth of your word to our heart. Give us guidance, I pray. Give us ears to hear, I ask in Jesus' name. I want us to see this morning three important lessons for a church that's receiving a new pastor. The first one is this. Take a look at the text again. They're getting ready to fight, and here's, here's what I read. Moses says, tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So he goes up to the top of the hill. Verse 11 says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Here's the first point that I believe this church needs to understand. Prayer fuels ministry. Let me, let me say that one more time. Prayer fuels ministry. Yes, Joshua had to go down into the valley. And Joshua had to go down and fight the fight. But Moses understood that his role was to be on top. His role was to intercede. His role was to pray. I want to say to you this morning, church, when you go to battle, yes, there's a battle that is fought on the battlefield, but the real battle is going to be won in the prayer room because prayer fuels the church. 
And I want to encourage you this morning as a church, this is not the time to sit back and everybody begin to shout and clap their hands and say, hallelujah, we got a new pastor. He's young. He's energetic. He's going to go to battle. He's going to do all the work. And pastor, you're going to do the work and we're going to just clap and cheer you on. No, pastor may be doing some of the work, but the most important work that this church can do is to be on their knees because if you're going to win the battle, the battle is going to be one on your knees as you begin to intercede for this church, for this community, for this couple and say, God, we recognize that prayer is going to fuel the ministry of this church. Can I get a good amen? I am, I am just so excited to hear what Pastor had to say at the beginning of service this morning. And that is that already on Thursday evenings, you're meeting in prayer. Already you're gathering together for times of prayer. Prayer is the most important thing that you can do. I love the story that is told about Charles Spurgeon. He pastored in the late 1800s, and many of you have heard his name. He was considered to be a prince among all preachers. He pastored London Tabernacle in London. And at times, he preached to crowds of over 10,000 at a time, if you can imagine that, in the late 1800s. And people were getting saved, and miracles were happening. People always would go to his church, and they would want to know, Pastor, what's the secret to your ministry? Isn't that the way it is, Pastor? Whenever God is moving in the church, everybody seems to think there's a secret sauce. And all I need to do is get a hold of some of that secret sauce and we'll have a revival in our church. So they would go to Spurgeon and say, what, what is the secret here to your ministry and success? And Spurgeon would say, let me take you to the boiler room. The boiler room was the nickname he had given to the prayer room. He would say, let me take you down to the boiler room. And he would take people down to the boiler room seven days a week, 24 hours a day. There were people in the boiler room praying. There were people in the boiler room praying before service, during the service, after the service, in between services. There was continual prayer going up out of that place. I'm here to say this morning, church, if you want to see God begin to move in ways you've never seen him move before, let this church be a church of prayer. Can I get an amen? I love, I love this quote by Martin Luther. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. E.M. Bounds said, prayer is not a duty to be performed, but a privilege to be enjoyed. Moses said to Joshua, you're going to go down in the, into the valley and you're going to fight the battle. But I'm going to be on the mountaintop and I'm going to be praying and interceding. Some of you will join Pastor Sid and Tara in the battle. Some of you need to be on the mountain praying. Let prayer fuel the ministry of this church. Prayer is difficult work. Go back to the text. Watch what happens. Prayer is difficult work. And Moses gets tired praying. Look at verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, he took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Now let me just pause right there. Because I want to make 
my second point to you as a church right there. You say, what, what does that have to do with having a new pastor? I may not have the greatest Bible tools, Pastor, and I certainly am not a Bible scholar, but in all of my research, this is the first time that I find mentioned in Scripture anyone sitting down to pray. All other references to prayer are people either standing in the presence of God. If you read the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles, he is bowed down before the Lord with his face to the ground. People are either standing in the presence of God, bowing down in the presence of God, but Moses is sitting down. Moses says, I'm, I'm going to sit down to pray. What does that have to do with welcoming a new pastor to your church? Here it is. Don't be so committed to yesterday that you miss what God has for you tomorrow. Can I get an amen out of that? Come on. Don't be so committed to yesterday. Don't be so committed to the way it has always been done. Don't be so committed to our human traditions and our human ways of doing things that we miss what God wants to do today and tomorrow. God is going to be speaking in a brand new way. Let's not miss what God has for us today and tomorrow because we are so tied to the past. Come on. Moses says, I, I know I'm supposed to stand in the presence of God and pray, I know, but I cannot do that. My strength's no longer there. I'm no longer going to be committed to the way things have always been done. Instead, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to begin to intercede. Here are, here's a phrase, it's only seven words, but if this phrase is spoken in this church, it is a sign that you are dying. This is a phrase of seven words that no one should ever speak in this church. And here are those seven words. We've never done it that way before. The minute you begin saying, we've never done it that way before, you are going to find yourself in a rut. And you all know what the definition of a rut is. A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. We, we, ju we just end up in that rut because, well, we've never done it that way before. Listen, if what wasn't working before is not working now, why do you keep on working it now? You will all, if you always do what you always did, guess what? You'll always get what you always got. And there are times when God says, I want to do something new. I want to do something different. I want to give you a brand new start, a fresh new beginning. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be so committed to yesterday that you miss what God wants to do tomorrow. Come on. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Scott, Scott Hagen is the president of North Central University. And... Uh, I've, I've heard Scott preach a message a couple of times. And I love the title of his message, Pastor. And 
pastor will tell you, pastors oftentimes steal thoughts from other pastors. So I'm telling you, I'm stealing this from Scott Hagen. He titled his message, God wants to split your nets and sink your boats. I believe God wants to do that in this church. I believe God wants to split your nets and sink your boats. Here's the text that he uses for that message. It's found in Luke chapter 5. Jesus has been teaching all day long. He's been standing in Peter's boat teaching. And at the end, I guess he probably wants to pay Peter for using his boat. He turns to Peter and he says, Peter, push out a little bit. Push out a little bit. And Peter answers in verse 5, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Did, did you catch that? Peter says, because you say so. Because you said it, Lord, we're, we're going to let down the nets. Verse 6, watch this. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. What a scene. Peter says, Lord, we, we've been fishing all night long, and we haven't caught a thing. And Jesus says, listen, I want you to do something new. I don't want you to do what you've always done before. I want you to do something new. I want you to push out. I want you to let down those nets. And the nets began to split. And Peter says, hey, we need some help. And a couple of boats came over, and those boats overflowed with the catch that they began to sink as well. I'm here to tell you, I believe God wants to do that at Calvary. Church Lamont. Do you believe that? God wants to split your nets and God wants to sink your boat with his blessings, with his favor, with his grace. God wants to do something new in this place. So don't be so committed to yesterday that you miss out on what God wants to do tomorrow. Come on. Amen. Number one, prayer must fuel the ministry of this church. Number two, don't be so committed to yesterday that you miss what God wants to do tomorrow. If we could have a musician up here. Number three, watch this. Watch the story. We're going back to verse 11. Beginning in verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, he took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Now watch this. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. I know they put up the three points earlier, so some of you are already way ahead of me on this. But, but watch. I, I want you to see this. I want you to see it visually. Moses is seated. He's sitting down. And Aaron and her come. And one grabs one arm. And the other grabs the other arm. 
And they're both standing there holding Moses' arms up. You see that picture? You see that picture of the old guy sitting down, two young guys holding his arms up? Where is Aaron and hers nose? It's right in Moses' armpits. Come on. It's right in Moses' armpits, right? I mean, they're holding him up, and their nose is right there in his armpits. Okay, if, his, if their nose is in his armpits, when was the last time Moses had that suit dry cleaned? I mean, he, he lives in this thing all day long. He sleeps in this thing at night. When was the last time it was dry cleaned? Or, or even this, when was the last time Moses took a bath? The last time he walked through water, it split, so he walked on dry ground. I mean, this guy has been standing out in the hot sun, sweating up a storm. He's been working so hard. He's perspiring. He's tired. He's got to sit down. And Aaron and her had their noses right in his armpits. I can see them. And they're kind of making funny faces at one another. Maybe they're switching arms, you know, holding in one up, holding their nose. I don't know. Don't ever allow the stench of humanity to cause you to quit on what God has called you to do. Moses, Aaron, and her were so close to the anointing. They were so close to the man of God and the anointing of God on his life. But as you draw close to the anointing, sometimes you draw close to the stench. Come on. You begin to see the flaws. And you begin to see those things that you hadn't seen before. And sometimes those things will cause you to say, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, don't allow the stench of our humanity, our brokenness, our faults, our shortcomings. Don't allow that to cause us to quit from what God has called us to do. Remain faithful. Come on. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. I'm going to hang in there. God's called me here. God's put a dream in my heart. God's put a purpose on my life. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see it through to completion because God has called me here. And so three, three thoughts this morning for this church. Let prayer fuel ministry. Don't be so committed to yesterday that you miss what God wants to do today and tomorrow. And don't allow the stench of humanity to cause us to quit. Can I get it? Amen. 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 Yeah, come on. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite Pastor Sid and Tara to come join me on this platform 
Because this is a holy moment. This is a moment when we consecrate them to the Lord for service in this church. Some people want to know if this is a pastoral installation service. It's not an installation service. I did not come with any tools. I don't use tools. I don't know how to use tools. If it were an installation service, I'd make sure there was a cement truck parked outside and we would put cement on their feet so they would never go from this place. It's a consecration service as we consecrate them this morning to the work that God has called them to do in this place. And so, Pastor Sid and Tara, this morning I want to bring to your remembrance three symbols that are used in Scripture that talk about this. The first is the cross. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writes these words. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Pastor Sid, you've already discovered there are a myriad of responsibilities that go with your chair. There are a myriad of responsibilities that land on your desk. But your most visible and your most influential responsibility is time that you will spend right here on this platform with your congregation in declaring the truth of God's word. You are responsible not only for filling this pulpit, but also for protecting it so that this congregation will always hear the uncompromising, powerful gospel that is able to transform lives and bring righteousness to hearts. And so, Pastor Sid, I ask you this morning, is it your pledge to declare without hesitation the whole gospel of God and to give yourself wholly to the delivery of God's word in the power of the Spirit? If so, please respond by saying, I will. The second expression that we find in Scripture is, the first is the cross, the second is a basin filled with water and a towel. In the Gospel of John, John notes in chapter 13 that Jesus, after the meal, got up, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. A sign of servanthood. Pastor, Tara, first of all, you are servants of our master and our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever the master wants, the servant does. Obedience and submission are the hallmarks of servanthood. And in a world that searches for heroes, 
God is searching for servants. Your calling, your faithful ministry over the years, your past has been evidence of your servanthood. And so, Pastor, today, I ask you, is it your intent to be known here at Calvary Church, Lamont, as a servant of the Lord? If it is, please respond by saying, I do. The third is the shepherd's staff. We have the cross to proclaim the gospel, the towel and the basin to be servants, and the shepherd's staff. The shepherd's staff is a symbol of your responsibility. It speaks of caring for the sheep, feeding the sheep, rescuing the sheep that have wandered from the fold, leading the sheep in green pastures, binding up their wounds, even correcting them when they get off the path. In John 10, Jesus is pictured as the good shepherd. It speaks not only of his role, but the role of a pastor, which means shepherd. It speaks, too, of the role of the sheep. They listen to the voice of the shepherd, and they follow him because they know his voice. Good leadership requires good followership. This shepherd will be as effective as the sheep who follow him. The shepherd has been called to lead as he follows the good shepherd. And so, Pastor, understanding God's order for his church and your assignment here at Calvary Church Lamont is the under-shepherd of the Lord's people. Is it your intent today to willingly take the shepherd's staff in care for his church? If it is, will you respond by saying, I will. In church, today we all know the importance of an incredibly anointed husband and wife team. Kara, I want to speak to you because I know there is a call of God upon your life. I know that you have pursued that call of God because you are a licensed minister. I commend you for following the call that God has placed on your life. And pastor, I commend you as her husband and spiritual head of your household. That encouraged her along the way. I commend both of you for working together as an incredibly gifted couple. And so, Tara, I ask you today, will you acknowledge the God-given responsibility that you have to stand with your husband in this commitment to serve this congregation? If you do, I'm going to ask you to respond by saying, I will. I'm going to ask all of the members of the official board to please stand and come join us on the, this platform, if you will. And members of the board, if you come, please be conscious of social distancing and stand accordingly. As they come, I want to read this word from 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes, now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. In the leadership of the congregation, it is necessary 
for there to be unity and harmony. And I want to speak to you as members of this board. There must be unity and harmony, and it must begin right here on this team. Because when it's modeled on this team, it will be seen in the congregation. And so I say to you this morning, members of this board, do you promise to serve the Lord in his church by strengthening the hands and the heart of your pastor? And in all you do, will you work to promote unity and harmony as you work together? If your answer is yes, please respond by saying we will. I'm going to speak to the congregation one brief moment with the words that I challenged you with this morning. Are you ready as a church to make prayer the number one priority that will fuel this ministry? Are you ready to be committed to what God has for you in the future without holding on to the past traditions of our own makings, but saying, God, we want your best as we go forward? And are you ready to work together in unity and harmony? Church, if you're ready to do that, I'm going to ask you to stand right now as a sign of your acceptance as this, of this challenge. And I'm going to invite you to stretch your hands forward as we pray for Pastor Sid and Tara this morning. Normally, I lay hands on the new pastor. I'm in, in this COVID season, I'm not going to lay hands. I believe God doesn't need me to lay hands. The power of the Holy Spirit can fall. Amen. But we're going to pray. So if you would stretch out your hands. Father, we thank you for this couple this morning. We thank you for their call upon their lives. Lord, the call that has brought them to this place. We thank you for their obedient hearts and their willingness to say yes. And this morning, Lord, I pray over them. I pray that the gifts that you have given them will flow through them with the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I ask for creativity. I pray that pastor's heart, oh God, would be so sensitive to the things that you want that he would hear what the Spirit would say and that he would move with a boldness and a confidence. Anoint his hands to do your work. May his hands be hands of healing and hands of strength and hands that will lead. Lord, may his feet be anointed by you that you would take him where you want him to go and guide him wherever he needs to be. Lord, I pray for Tara. I thank you for the gifts you have given her. And I pray your blessings over them as a couple over their home. Lord, use them as a couple to minister to the needs of this church. And I ask for a spirit of unity and harmony to be among this team this morning. That your purposes, your will, your dreams for this church, oh God, will be fulfilled in a great way as they reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we ask all of this in the name that is above every name, that mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Put your hands together and welcome your new pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you, those watching online, for joining in. I can just, we'll sum it up by just saying this. If God can 
bring me and rip me out of Utah after 20 years of ministry there and make me wander around for a couple of years to bring me here. God can do whatever he needs to do in your life. God is always working. And I'm glad that you've watched this service online. So in wherever you're at, at home, I pray that you'll be blessed. I pray that you'll trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Jesus, and he will direct your path. He directed your path here today. So be blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you again for just sharing your love with me. We're going to keep sharing that love. But we do just need to do a few things uh, before we continue the love giving. But uh, so, uh, again, this morning, if you'd like to connect online, if you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can hit the connect button, and we would love to get to know you, so please share that information if you're here today. I'm sure a lot of new faces you've seen, a lot of them are my family, so grateful that my family is here. Amen. I have a blessed heritage, and I'm so grateful that many of my great aunts are represented here, and we're grateful for the people who speak into our lives. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's, it's an honor to have family here. They represent a heritage that's been invested in my life, and I pray that you'll receive that and be blessed by the heritage I have received, and I look forward to serving you. So if you'd love to be a part of this church, if you're here for the first time, uh, you know, family, I would really love if you kept coming. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They've got churches of their own, and I'm grateful that they're here. But if you're new today, you know, you can fill out a Connect card, and we would love to get to know you. I love that this church was doing COVID-friendly giving before COVID was even here. You know, on the way out, you can give and, and give in the offering today online. You can hit a, the Give button up there. On your, on your computer or iPad or whatever you're watching, and you can allow God to bless you. And let me just share this. God doesn't need our money. So you might say, well, why do we give? It's for your benefit. Giving is an expression of our faith and obedience to God. God's not worried about money. He's worried about your faith. So thank you for your giving during this worldwide pandemic. I appreciate it. At this point, I, I do want to start dismissing. I do have some more information to share, but